0: Everybody, and Welcome to the Technical Area, your weekly Football Manager podcast, brought to you by me, your host, Gaffer Graham. Once again, it's the 10th of December, 2020, at the time of recording. Mohamed El Neni has just released a thunderbolt of a shot into the top corner of Gary Rogers' net at Yaviva from Docker 2 0 down. And while history may be made in the Aviva, the south side of Dublin, well, it's repeating itself. As FM21 has begun the way of FM20 here. And that's with my sacking. Though it is time, it's results, not financial issues and dressing room unrest that determined the end of my brief tenure with Alaska Lentz. Now meanwhile, in another f m news following on from the recommendations of Daz, that's f m Heedon and jim g, I downloaded f m twenty one touch last weekend and I have been flying since but before f m touch time came after f m time I'm in a place now where f m twenty one touch is where I'd rather be now this week's part is our fifty first so building on from the successes of Big Jack last week. We we're pushing forward and aiming for that big number 100. Please God by this time next year. But before we get into the meat bones of recruitment, which is this week's topic. I suppose a little bit more on the Lask thing because I don't even feel like blogging about it if I'm honest. This time last week I was telling you all about Lask. Waking up in the hotel in Linz. looking out in the snow covered mountains and... Smoke over town and getting all excited about what could happen in Austria.
1: But this week I've lost my job.
0: Losing five of my six league games in charge, including last night's 2-0 humbling to the bottom side without a single shot on target from us, I suppose justified to the board's decision to remove me from the job. Though the appointment of my predecessor as the director of football, you know... That was a bit of a, you
1: know, a male appendage move. But I suppose even what to say what
0: confused me with the whole last thing even more was, we had some friendlies pre-organized in between league fixtures because there'd be a gap of say ten days between league fixtures. So to keep us taking over, we did have a few friendlies organized, and in those friendlies we looked sharp. We created chances, we won, and we won well. We made the opposition pay, and then three, four, maybe five days later, we would just lie down against our domestic opposition and let them do to us what they wanted. Now, I'm now in a horrible position, you know I'm right. I write this podcast, I record this podcast, I blog. So I love football manager. And, you know, I'm now in this unspeakable third place of looking for a
1: third team to manage in the first month of FM21. Not great, really. I'm like, thank God I didn't buy their jersey. That's all I'm saying.
0: But meanwhile, as I've already said, I'm playing FM21 Touch and I'm playing with Atlanta United. It's fun because the American MLS rules don't apply. It's fun because there's no draft. And we are storming it. Our finest moment so far was our 9-1 aggregate win in the first round of the North American Champions League. And Eric Torres has scored six goals in his four games so far. I think it's actually seven. I think we played another. I think it was seven. He scored again just before recorded here. So he's seven and five. I have Joseph Martinez struggling. Was supposed to be the star of the team in the former wonderkid F Eric Torres
1: seven in five and I am loving it. No, the reason I kind of went for FM21
0: touch is like I always end up getting every year I just say I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna do it, and every year I do it. But after speaking with Daz and Jim G last week it was a simple decision to go down the FM21 touch route. And to be honest I've really been impressed with the game this year. It seems like the gap has really been closed, although bits and pieces are missing. The gap has really been closed between you know the overall experience of the bay, of the you know touch and the full fat version. Now, granted, it's like the old days where you can fly through a save, you can fly through seasons in short, shorter periods of time, and there's less obviously you're paying the price for less depth this that and the other, but. Look, I'm not going to say too much more. I'm actually going to dedicate episode 52 to FM21 Touch, as I can see myself playing this game a lot more over the coming days, weeks, and months ahead. But we better get on to the meat and bones, the the real reason we're here, and that's recruitment and FM21. So way back when, doesn't seem like that long ago, but I suppose it was a couple of months ago, when SI started teasing the FM21's new features. Among them we got the introduction of the recruitment meeting featuring the key stakeholders of a fo- the football club, the chairman, the chief scout, director of football if the, the club has them appointed and of course you, the manager. Now some may think back and see this addition along the lines and refer to I as the recruitment team you know, this brand new name, but really, some of you obviously are thinking of Brendan Rogers' failed time at Liverpool, where, you know, justified, probably, because unre- it was unrefined at the time, but, you know, there was a lot of bad pressure on Liverpool's transfer committee at the time about the tension and the power this committee had at the club and how they destabilised Brendan Rogers' position at the club and, you know, it ultimately paid played a role in the dismissal of the Northern Irishman from the Liverpool job, much to the shock of Thierry Henry, as you might remember. What Rodgers did not like, though, with this transfer committee, was that he was being overruled on the signing of new players, and that this committee wanted to sign players Brendan Rodgers did not want, So, and that this committee had the power to shape his squad, veto his decisions, And that his voice was only voice one voice on a team of many, and you know many of his decisions and many of his transfer targets were vetoed, including his planned raid of former team Swansea for Ashley Williams and Alan Tate, because because the Liverpool transfer committee felt that there were better alternatives to be found elsewhere, whether it was within the club or to be brought in, and now. You know, the position Brandon Rogers found himself in those years ago has now, you know, found its way into our lives in FM21. And while we hope for, you know, the transfer committees you might see, you know, the way it's come almost full circle at Liverpool now, we could potentially find ourselves in a position where Brandon Rogers was in. Dealing with the prospect of the club, you know, recommending signing players that we do not want. However, given how we can assume the responsibilities for the the process of signing and selling players, we can go behind the committee's back and make these moves. But, is that really a wise move? So, of course, when you're researching a podcast, you want to talk about it and recruitment and football manager. Where else do you start other than the byline? And there's a great blog, I think it was, it was a KT, kt 90 X or Katie that wrote this piece. And it's fantastic. The Key to Nailing Recruitment Meet went up there last week on the byline. Again, I'll have a link to it down below. Because obviously, you know, the next section I'm basing on, that article, that was put up there. But first of all I have to ask the community, because you've all been using this recruitment I mean in FN twenty one, what's your take on it? Almost half, forty-five and a half percent gave it a thumbs up. Which means
1: oh, just over half, fifty-five and a half percent gave it the thumbs down. I got my numbers right there, forty five and a half. No, I didn't get my numbers right there. Apologies. Forty five and a half percent gave it the
0: thumbs up. The other 54.5%, you know, giving it the thumbs down. It's just a bad type of there, on my part, especially being a teacher. Mark Boundo had a nice bit of extra thought on it there, saying, I think it's a really good addition to the game. Maybe more so that I'm using my recruitment team to suggest the majority of my signings as a rule of my save, but I think it's great. I suppose that's where it comes down to it. It's the discipline of, are you going to use this committee or not? Are you going to follow and limit yourself to what comes up there? Or are you going to go the old-fashioned route of saying, hang on, you know, I'm going to stick to what I know here. But in FM21, the feature where managers now meet is part of the modern transfer committees or recruitment teams. The club comes together to identify potential new signings, identify players who need to be replaced due to age and contract reasons, while also revisions to the the club have to redefine the philosophy. Gives us the chance to re-familiarise yourself with the philosophy, of the transfer market, that the club has, whether this is in a short or long-term capacity. Now, before your first meeting, the most important thing for you to do is to have and develop an idea of the shape or makeup of your squad, of your tactical approach, and areas where improvements need to be made. Now, a caveat here that I feel you should be aware of is to become familiar with the depth and the quality of your youth teams as well. Because if your first team is lacking in a certain position, but you've a potential replacement ready, or you you should be willing, really, to place your trust in them. Now, if this player is 16, 17 years of age and you don't feel like it's the right opportunity for them to step up into the first, into the first team, maybe look to the transfer mark then to find a short term stopgap to be the, you know, so someone who doesn't block the path of this potential emerging player if you've got a fantastic young right back coming through to replace the right back in your team you know you're not going to go i wouldn't go and sign like a 21 22 year old right back to be the first you know first choice now and in the long term said maybe the best thing to do would be sign a 25 26 maybe 27 late even at the early 30s kind of a player just to you know be there for now for the year or two and then phase them out eventually I suppose gives your chance, your young player that chance to become the player they could potentially be these meetings in football manager though do you know remind us of the recruitment aspects of the club vision at Linz it was I wasn't allowed to sign players over the age of 30 which is fair it was
1: grand I, I really was
0: relishing in that prospect but you know new beginnings and all that. Your director of football on chief scout will inform you of the positions they believe require the most pressing need or focus in the market with information under each suggestion explaining why this need is a pressing need. Now obviously, once you go through and sift through all of these recommendations, you'll be given the opportunity then to set up you know, a short-term focus for this position. And then there's plenty of criteria there where you can really specify what player you want, whether it's style, setting the you know the limits of current and potential ability, what's their availability kind of right now, and you know even establish an age range. Something you might have been familiar with with the player search and even the scouting screens of older versions of FM. Using your analysts to you know enrich these meetings as well. That could also be a worthwhile process, a worthwhile measure for you, because what you can do then is you can set actual metrics, key metrics to help in the identification of the new talent, the new player it is that you want to bring in, and like use even as like a a tiebreaker, I suppose, use it to develop a a rounder
1: picture of the player it is at your disposal, and even now the the whole picture of
0: what happens in the recruitment meeting can filter outside that meeting and into your scouting center because if you go into your scouting center you now have a new filter which is the recruitment meeting filter that means that players from the recruitment meetings can only be presented through this option you now look we all love you know going through a player search screen looking at attributes if you whether the masking turned on or off exploring the free agent the transfer listed markets all of these but maybe I suppose that sense of realism should come in from the recruitment meetings as Mark says just you know to discipline yourselves of course not to take the fun out of it if you want to play the other way, go ahead I'm not you know trying to be you know eulogising or you know advocating one way of playing play the way of course it's best and most comfortable for you but you know Maybe develop a little discipline. Could be, you know, your adventure in FM21.
1: Now, the thing is, when it comes to what happens in Football Manager, we all know it's based off, you know,
0: interactions with those in real life. It's understanding what happens in real-world football and how can we adapt it to FM. Football Manager, obviously, this new podcast as well, the series with The Athletic. So obviously, you know, they're building up a relationship with the Athletic. You might see Athletic journalists featuring the game a bit more now. And obviously, you know, I, some, I forgot to you know, cancel my free trial, ended up paying for a full year of the Athletic. I'm not regretting it because recently there was a piece went up on the secrets of how Liverpool scout. Now obviously, Liverpool scouting is getting a lot of praise right now because, you know, of the players the club has brought in and, you know, saw you look at the front three of Salamani, Firmino. The, you know how well the club, you know, scouted those players to bring them in, built up the picture. Now, obviously, as football manager players, we might have known these players were well worth doing, but in the real world, of course, things can be a little different. So, what lessons can be learned from what Liverpool do, and what do Liverpool do, and maybe what could we adapt in FM? Now, Liverpool's recruitment team is headed up by Michael Edwards. He is the sporting director. And he, you know, he is the head of the team. He, along with the chief scout, the head of recruitment uh, strategy, they work together with their scouts to put together a grading system from A to D. And players are given this grade, and that, you know, helps the club understand, you know, where this player is at relative to the players of the squad. So similar to that scout, that rating we get of the percentage. So A, B, C, and D. So it's up to you, you know, what way are you going to go with A to D, or are you just going to stick with the colour scheme that FM works with? But players at the top end, the A players, they have the capacity to replace a current first in player. B is supplement does can supplement the squad or develop into future squad into future stars of the squad. C players are you know, you know, require regular check-ins to monitor progress, and these are not good enough. Oh, sorry, I should just say this next section now comes from the athletic. So the athletic is a direct source here. I'll link again the article down below. If you do have an athletic subscription, go and check it out. Well worth to read this. Now the thing with those back to this. Now the thing with those grades is A's are rare. Players with this grade mean the club must take immediate action according to the recommendation of this scout. These, these are the most common, but they will be given ample time to impress. If a player rates low now, it doesn't mean he's going to. You know, we should just forget about him. You know, it's your requires going to kind of keep a little bit of time on them. You see, the future is paramount. So as soon as a player is signed, whether it's Record signings, Alisson or Van Dyke, Salah, whoever. The pursuit of the replacement begins almost immediately because never, no transfer
1: is ever a guarantee. It's never a nailed on cert that this player will come in and do it, really. Now, the club works with a very small scouting team, about 12 to 15 scouts. And
0: each scout is given responsibility for two or three countries or sub-regions. Now this also could come with the caveat of, you know, having another role elsewhere.
1: But the
0: idea is is that, you know, where clubs like Manchester United might I think what they were they were mentioning in the piece, where they might employ a scout for every league in the world, which might be the best approach for a football manager. But having kind of scouts overlapping, scouts responsible for, you know, Different, you know, areas, different countries, different cultures. It means that, you know, the opinions that could come in could be a little different. And it causes the scouts to, you know, truly, really and truly experience different players in different countries, different settings. And question, you know, what it is they're seeing and make better comparisons. And what focus is given is that Liverpool try to focus on players under 24 and under. But scouts are, of course, given the freedom within their regions to, you know, go above that if, you know, a player, you know, is there that is worth the recommendation. Of course, you could say there's a transfer model at the club that was broken to Santiago through spending £29
1: or
0: so or whatever it was on the 29-year-old. So really, you're looking at a player here who, you know, went against the model that Liverpool were adopting. Now, the other interesting thing that comes up here is that scouting summits are only called once or twice a year. And there is no compulsion on a scout to be physically present. So, but the thing is, to have a scouting meeting only once or twice a year, where a football manager, you
1: can have them every day if you want. That presents a very interesting, um, I suppose, notion, an interesting facet, an interesting point, that maybe...
0: You know, if we limit the amount of scouting reports we see, we're not constantly making judgments, making judgments, And that we might have buyer's remorse. Where if we sign a player and a month later we get a report, and oh, there's another guy here who's better and cheaper.
1: You've already spent the money. So maybe, you know, reducing the exposure to the market could be well worth.
0: Well worth it. And maybe checking in once or twice to see, now, are there players in that A grade?
1: Well, I'd say 85 and over there. Are there players there 85 and over? Now, the thing is, Liverpool, of course, do use a data model, and obviously data data, it's in
0: FM more now than ever, especially with the, like, the addition of expected goals. And as we said there in the recruitment means that we can get the analysts involved as well in establishing key metrics. But the thing is, what Liverpool will also do is they'll use They'll judge potential signings by the same metrics that they judge the current squad. So, if the data of a player, even no matter who he is at Liverpool, no matter how well liked and well respected he is, if that drops below expectations, then Liverpool's sporting director, Michael Edwards, would ensure the development that this recent development was flagged and conversations start about the future. If this player's performances are dropping, and maybe it's time to, you know, let's start looking who's the replacement who We got tagged
1: and flagged and earmarked to so come in here and replace them. Disagreements, of course, are welcome at the club, it's a
0: requirement because you know the potential value of a player that you know and others who could be better suited to the club. But you have to have the discussion. And obviously, we're on our own, so we have to have this internal monologue, this internal discussion based on what the game is saying, what we're seeing. So, these disagreements are not a bad thing. And of course, at the start, you might make mistakes, because everyone makes mistakes at the start. It's the only way to learn. Monchi himself, you know, is one of the advocates of, you know, making mistakes and understanding it does take time that if you're adopting a data-driven approach in Football Manager 21, it does take time to develop a system of information. Only after it reaches a more advanced stage Can it be used more cleverly, which then leads to better interpretations and a refining of the process decisions. The direct quote, of course, from the article, but yeah. So don't be worried about making mistakes at the start. The data doesn't always, isn't always there for us to make judgments at the start. But what I would advise is at the end of every season, you know, have a new save file if you want to collate the data, because, of course, a lot of these... um, metrics a lot of the data is wiped at the end of each season in order to reduce the storage issues that fm could potentially cause on
1: whatever device it is you're playing on now the data can also you know bring players up who your scouts might not be watching
0: and you know when these lists of players are drawn up after being watched and judged what you do is, using the data and using the scouts eyes, so the analysts and the scouts, you have to then look at these players, and if you want to do a deliverable way, examine them with three key determiners. Ability, availability,
1: and affordability. What is the current or potential ability of this player, and is it good enough for where we want to go? Is this player available? And if he is available, is he affordable? Now, you might, you know, pawn all this off on the director of football. You might pawn off on the supporting director to, you know, understand whether or not these players are affordable. But the options
0: are there in FM. The game is becoming more real that we can delegate just like this. Being prepared and planned for the summer is also key. Liverpool summer plans tend to begin to develop in March. Scouts will work in a team, multiple reports will come in on the same
1: players from different sets of eyes, and that will help make decisions easier. Of course, when you're developing your responsibilities, you have to set this as key.
0: That if you don't want, if if the manager do not want the player to be signed, you do not sign him. But of course, as at Liverpool, the owners, of course, can say no to the deal if it doesn't make financial sense. And I, that has happened to me in the game before.
1: Where the club would say, look, we're not spending this amount of money on a player. He's not worth it. We don't feel. When signing a player, Liverpool will look for, you know, a potential signing who can improve by
0: t- a minimum of 10 to 15%. So, potential stars... Look for that minimum 10 to 15%. Look to see if there's an extra star or two that they can you know, bring up. And versatility is also admired. You know, obviously, with Liverpool, at the minute, you're kind of looking to plug a lot of round holes with, you know, not exactly square shapes, but, you know, players who can fill these gaps well. So versatility is all, is, an, is deemed an attractive quality at Liverpool. And I know myself a football manager. I'm attracted. Attracted more to players who have diversity who can play multiple positions. It certainly makes selecting a bench a lot easier that you can have nearly cover the whole pitch with the players you have there. But without a clear picture of what the manager wants in a player, the scout's job will be more difficult. So you have to ask yourself the question: Is there an identity? I know, Mar uh, Magnus Steinkelson, Matiulis, only said that earlier in his piece about dna but what attributes or roles are required for your system and of course fm grasshopper over on the latte quarterly issue five or a brilliant p- p- piece on the called the blueprint of a save so we're transitioning from the athletic to latte quarterly from and again this will be linked below on this kind of final section here is going to be based on uh, fm grasshopper's article there so without having so as the athletic article said, without having a clear picture of what the manager wants, the scout's job will be more difficult. So what should a manager want? Well, Grass has some excellent examples here. Do you want Febra in your team? Now Grass used fibra successfully, and we all may be aware of Grass's series of Febra, where he based himself on the FIBA policy scene induced by Diego Simeone, Atleti, developed back in Vélez, And what Grass did there was he established central mental attributes to underpin what identify a successful team could be built upon. And these attributes were aggression, bravery, determination, teamwork, and work rate.
1: But of course, Grass's best bit of advice there is don't limit yourself too much. Of course, attributes, roles,
0: DNA, that could also be down to a cantera policy. You know, a sense of tribalism, club. You know, really embracing their roots, embracing where they're from. You know, ident not even just identifying with the you know what the culture of the fans, but bringing that culture to your playing squad, and limiting your signings based on you know where they're from. If it's Athletic Bilbao with the Basque players if it's Chivas in Mexico, Chivas Guadalajara, with their Mexican players. Or even if you want to go for the FM route as well, FM Renties, you know, uh, had that series with CFOC in Hungary, where he used birthplace nationality in the scouting section, in the player search section, and that players must be from within 120 kilometres of the club to play for the club that series was fantastic and well worth the read because it shows success can come for it but patience of course is a virtue Your know, statistics of course then is also another way you might want to go
1: so instead of looking for attributes roads, you could be looking for statistics do you want to go like liverpool michelin and brentford even michelin and brentford out-owned we spoke
0: about them before in the the rise of the new club and mini series we did there back in the summer, but obviously just a quick touch back there. You know they're owned by a professional gambler, Matty Matthew Benham, who does not believe in luck, and so data drives every decision to bring success to the club. And analysts will look in every nook and cranny to find value, to find a star, a gem. Decisions are made. Every decision that the club has made is using the data, whether it's team selections, tactical styles. Even then, team talks and post-match briefings are informed by the data and statistics. So how could you bring that to what you want to do in Football Monitor? What data, what metrics are key to you? I started working on something last year with Bayern to see what I could do. It's not, you know, it's still rough at the minute. But I feel like I'm getting there. And now that we've added XG in, I think, you know, the chance is there now for us this
1: year to begin to look at statistics and understand things in a new way. But on reflection of recruitment meetings, of course, you know, it all can boil down to a very simple question.
0: You know, what equals success, tactics or talent? Because the recruitment meeting now poses an interesting question
1: when recruiting will we use a talent based approach or a philosophy based approach now let's be clear when it comes to recruitment poor quality players who fit a philosophy will
0: not be signed over better able better player players who may not you know who may fit ninety nine percent of what we were looking for, not so, and where the poorer player might fit a hundred percent, but as grass said, not limiting ourselves. We, everyone knows that when the talent is available, who does not fully fit a philosophy. We do have to make a decision, and you have to We have to pick a stance, on what is the stance it will be taken? And I asked the community this: Look, when you're signing players, what do you base it on? No, no one says talent. A 100% of the people who responded said, look, I sign players based on my tactic and my philosophy. Charlie Tango, one of these people. One of the more interesting things to me, because he's doing a level 10 save, is the recruitment side of things. Players can only be signed because them or their agent has approached the club. They appear in a scouting report or i have played against them. No more transfer listed or loan listed of players. Just using recruitment meetings. You know, to keep things interesting and reduce the bubble of knowledge. So
1: that obviously, of course, helps you develop and understand, you know, what it is you're looking for. But of course, you have to see where does it fit into your tactical philosophy. If you're stuck, Liverpool
0: were stuck in 2014 after the departure of Luis Suarez and ends up with Mario Balotelli. But when your team favours team ethic and
1: movement in the final third, will you sign a player who's not a team player whose movement is poor? You know, but will your, will your approach only bring you players who fit a certain system or approach? What role will that and scouts play?
0: Will you How will you judge their contributions statistically based in comparison with their abilities? Of course, what scouts do is they will unmask the attributes, if you have the attributes hidden. So the better the scouts judging potential and current abilities, the better your picture will be, the clearer it will be on what the player's ability is now and in the future. Because of course, potential is based on that, you know, on those hidden attributes. And your scouts can un- unhide them, can find them and reveal them based on their abilities. Of course, you know, there might be the allure there of piecing together a talent filled team that doesn't have much emphasis on style of play, but they're just the best players in the certain roles. So, could you end up being like a, an early PSG, an early Manchester City? Like the Galacticos of Real Madrid Even the current Real Madrid I suppose you could say as well A hodgepodge of talents not capable of pulling together cohesively Or Will you favour those players who may not Be as I suppose Technically gifted
1: As some of their peers But pull together in a unit and pulling together in one way Set the league apart And your team apart in the league that's where true value could be found. But just before you head off to One arthem,
0: if you haven't already, why not subscribe to this podcast if you've enjoyed it? Leave a positive review or share this episode on your socials, your followers. If all, Every bit of support is greatly appreciated. The site, Twitter, links to those are found down below. I blog on the technical areas blog post so it's all everything you'll find down there thank you to everyone who got involved in the weird community interactions they're a vital part of the pod next week of course polls will come out so feel free to tap the button and vote feel free to add extra comments like mark bowen and charlie tango did today feel free to ask me questions whether it's publicly through a comment or a dm or whatever way works for you you know come along and get involved next week could potentially be the last one before Christmas as
1: well, so we have to,
0: you know, could be your last chance to get in in twenty twenty. If
1: you want to set up your
0: own podcast, if you're doing YouTube and you're looking for stock music footage, you know, pictures, whatever it is, check out Pond Five. It's where I got the Music for this podcast. It's just credit where credit is due.
1: Not an ad, not a sponsor, none of that. But look, FM twenty one is great. I just have to find out a way to be better at it. But until next week, thank you for listening. I've been Gaffer Gramo. Stay safe. Happy holidays. Talk to you soon. Bye now.